0: This is episode 47, Figurative Language.
1: Hey, everyone. We're back with another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. I'm Deborah, And here is our podcast. For the Realistic SLP. Welcome to our show. So, we... Are drinking a very exciting wine. At mm-hmm. least I'm very excited about it. Right. Yes. Me too. So it is a Granacci from the Granacci Grape. Ah. Yes. Which I didn't even know was a grape. Me neither. Yeah. And it's uh one of the most popular grapes. Look at that. Ah. Oh. Right. The what color is, is there? It? Well, it's red? a red. So yes. we're drinking a red wine from Grateful Palette from The bitch line. Right. I'm not making that up. There's a variety of bitch (laughs) wines that they have, right? They they do. Yes. They have various bitch lines. Good. And they will be all at our show at the Creek in the Cave (laughs) on on Friday, right? Yes. This Friday, May 31st, 2019. Right. This is in Long Island City, right? Doors open 730 and the show starts at 8. So Grateful Palette is featuring there. Again, bitch line, for our listeners to try. So specifically today, we're having one of the red wines from the Grenache grape, and uh, the wine was actually manufactured in a c- in Calatayud, which is in Spain. Uh-huh. That's not the name of the wine. After oh. I did more thorough research regarding the wine. Good thing you did more research, I guess, because I was thinking the grapes are a Calatayud. Right. But Calatayud is a location. So Uh right. Which is in Spain. And they're also known for uh, manufacturing a lot of wines. Probably because the grapes there. They come from there. Yes. So it all makes sense now with my thorough research. It's all (laughs) coming back to me now. Yeah, so I like this wine. It's light and smooth, but it still has, like, a strong taste. It's not mm-hmm. like a watered down, like, Right. don't mess with this it's wine. It's like a punch in your mouth. But not like a oh, bad punch. punch. Right. Like a wake
0: up, you're here. <laughs> wake up. <You're, laughs> Things you're, are happening.
1: Yeah, like in a good way, though. Yeah. Not like, wow. I'm like, what Pam? what Wh- Pam I like that <laughs> that's an onomatopoeia I know I kn- you're jumping ahead because I'm still <laughs> excited about the wine uh, okay so I just wanted to say <laughs> what we paired the wine with okay because it's so strong right do you taste right. it it's like it's not so strong but it is it, yeah it's
0: like a, a richer wine
1: yeah yes. so I like that Deb picked out this cheese she's really good at pairing cheeses i have to give it yeah most of
0: the time i don't even know what wine we're gonna have so i'm
1: that good
0: at pairing cheeses do you think
1: it's the cheese store that you go to
0: maybe i just try to pick cheese that i think looks good and then maybe like all good wine goes with all good cheese good i think so too probably not i bet some like (laughs) wine connoisseur would be like you are doing all this wrong Especially we'll have to have a wine person as a guest. Okay, we're going to I'm going to write that down.
1: All right. Yes, sounds good. That is anyway, good.
0: so I vote drink it Definitely on the bitch wine. Definitely. Drink
1: it. The Grenache grapes. Cheers to mm-hmm. that. But we the mozzarella we paired it with, which right. is a smooth cheese and I feel like it helped with the smooth wine and it was just like a very nice light taste and a rich rich texture. So, Yes. Drink it. It's going good together. It's a great pairing. Yes. Happy about that. So today we wanted to talk about figurative language. But before we get into all the different aspects of figurative language, there's also literal language, right? Right. So I know you like definitions. Oh, sure. I don't have the
0: definition handy, but obviously literal language is meaning something um, exactly exactly word for word for what you are saying so that there is no underlining meaning do you have kids that struggle with um like figurative language questions or anything that's like critically thinking or anything of course yes
1: yeah. i think it's a hard i feel like figurative language is hard for adults i think i developing. that's <laughs> so. why i
0: always feel really um like secure or fulfilled or satisfied or whatever you want to say by working on figurative language, because I'm like, I know this is difficult for all people. So if I'm helping someone to comprehend it, then I'm helping everyone with some sort of like literacy or language type need. So literal means taking words in their usual or most basic sense without metaphor or allegory. And then, but figurative... That's from (laughs) dictionary.com.
1: Yes. You know, (laughs) giving credit where credit is
0: due. Right. And figurative language is language that contains or uses figures of speech. When people use the term figurative language, however, they often do so in a slightly narrower way. So using these more specific
1: definitions, which we will get into. yes because figurative language if you want to picture it like an umbrella and then there's different things under the umbrella. yeah not just like I, I hear a craft coming a craft
0: you can like make an umbrella oh and then have raindrops. I um, wasn't gonna make a craft,
1: but I feel like now I have to. Well we Thank could like that, that's Deb. a good
0: speech activity. yeah you can have like, or you could have like a simile umbrella and then just have the raindrops be a bunch of similes there's like, like levels sh- to it. Yeah, there's levels to all this. Right. We're getting meta with figurative language. Yes. Um, but this yeah, is so exciting. I like to work on figurative language because the majority of my caseload taking into consideration I'm in the gen ed uh, atmosphere a lot of them they start to once they do well with the literal wh questions like what is this where did they go what are they doing um things that could be answered based on the text or the picture provided they start to get that rather rapidly once they grasp the concept so you might be like at 40 percent accuracy for a long time but then you go from like 40 to 70 and then you like stay at 70 until they get all of the knowledge. And then you're right away at 80. I feel like it's like a big jump quick, but then the difficult part is getting them to expand beyond the text and beyond the picture to draw a conclusion based on the information provided. So that I feel like is the, the struggle with that population. And in order to increase their Skills you need to work on all these
1: different aspects of figurative language. I agree, and it's hard and not hard, I don't want to say that word. I retract that statement. It's there's a lot in that goes into figurative language because we're going to break it down too. So, like, you might work on metaphors a lot, but there's all but once you see like a a, a simile, it's like, oh, that's a little different now. We got to. Right. backtrack and kind of start so well i, d- I start with similes yeah. i think okay. they're easier yeah. yeah um right so do you want to break down all 11 and then we're gonna break down each one okay so right. you, you want to list what you have yes here? i'm gonna list all the aspects all right. of figurative language before
0: we get into that though right. one of the main reasons why it's so important though is like as as um an individual progresses through the grades the reading material that they have, it gets increasingly complex.
1: Yes, that's true. So
0: it's like you get to the point where you're in third grade and you're able to decode all of these words fluently, but then you have to understand the underlining meaning of the text. And Hemingway has the iceberg theory.
1: Hemingway? Oh, okay. I'm thinking like Piaget, but no. This is different. It's a writing technique
0: that's coined by Hemingway. And he has this he's saying that what an author chooses not to say is just as important as what an author chooses to say. Mm -hmm. So, um, things like the content and the organization, the diction, like the word choice, the scenarios, all the information that's left out is just as important as the information that's included within the text. So if you don't teach children how to identify these important, um, Indicators or aspects of information within a text, then they're not going to be able to to
1: progress past the level that they're at. Right, which is if you're thinking of this visually, like for all the visual learners right it's the iceberg right and then like what's above the sea is like the actual like literal words and the vocabulary words and then what's underneath is mostly like what's not said what the setting is looking like and what's not said about the setting right different things like that that are i think pretty abstract and difficult for anyone (laughs) right (laughs) let alone someone who's language impaired right to really like think about and like process and like of course like thinking outside their own head too so different experiences they might not be even able to re- right, relate it's a struggle to struggle
0: for them to make a text to life connection right. because they don't relate to the text that's speaking figuratively or perhaps they're
1: not just they're not able to put themselves in that character's shoes right And on top of, like, uh, this is, like, separate from, like, attention, right? Right. Like, (laughs) In addition to all those things. Yeah. Like, the teacher's voice is too low. You know, I don't know. I'm just picking out, like, these other variables that are, like, totally unrelated to the actual story. Right. (laughs) But then they miss the whole story because there's just so much going on. Right.
0: So where do we begin? Well, okay, so (laughs) according to... We'll just go in the
1: order of your list. Yeah, we're going to go into my list so we can break it down even further. So
0: number one is a metaphor, Mm -hmm. and that's when you're comparing two unalike things and uh, finding some sort of commonality, and you're not using the words like or as. Right. And to target this, I might be like, Maria is a delicate flower. Oh, thank you. So the two things being compared are maria and the flower Uh and the similarity is that both things are
1: delicate you're welcome (laughs) i I feel like i'm gonna have a little sip of wine for that like (laughs) oh should i put like my pinky up yeah yeah i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. um so Mm. in
0: order to help somebody comprehend something like that i might have a list of 10 metaphors and then instruct them to identify what two things are being compared and what do they have in common. common so like a Venn diagram, if yeah, you will. Yeah, like Amanda is a tall tree.
2: <sighs> so uh-huh. both
0: Amanda and the tree are being compared because they are both tall. Is Amanda as tall as the tree? No, that's just right. being silly.
1: We're saying too much. Right. And, but, and yeah. then what about this tree? I like look at it like this. What about this tree is really apparent? Oh, it's like so tall. Mm -hmm. And look at Amanda. Also so tall. Right. They have that in common. They have that in common. So And we both do this like similar thing with our
0: fingers. I do that too. Like I put my fingers together to say the same in sign Uh, language. Okay. I didn't even know that was yeah
1: i never took asl um i think it is
0: i mean i don't know where i got it from if it's not sign language um next on your list
1: you have are we done with metaphors or uh yeah i was also thinking like hungry as a pig or something well that's no that's i messed it up he's i messed it up so you can be like
0: metaphor um yeah he's a starving pig okay that's, so that's what you're, you're just saying um, that he is. And then when I want a child to identify it, I'd be like, is he really a starving pig? No, he's a human, but he might be hungry like a starving pig. So gotcha. the, the human and the pig are being compared
1: because they're both starving. Got it. Things like that. And there's obviously a lot of books with uh, this with this, uh, with metaphors, and you could, you know, Google them if that's really like the type of figure of language you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, found I like having lists
0: of examples, though, and then h- and then finding that because sometimes within a book, it's like, okay, how much of this right. book do I have to read to come across a metaphor?
1: True. And Unless now I like dedicated all this time to that. This um, whole book seems like it's a metaphor. Lo-
0: yeah, it could be. And I love using books, but um, for the most part, I like to do exercises because I feel like it makes it a little bit more. Easier to understand. Definitely in the
1: beginning, mm-hmm. right? I agree with that. You know, Next like a drill almost. Yeah. Equivalent to yes. a drill. Yes. It's all about. And then drill. do a
0: story, and then see if they can like generalize that right.
1: exercise to that story. Exactly. Personification. Do you know yes. personification? Is? I do. It's when the you're giving a human quality. To animals or an inanimate objects. Yes. So like the tree is talking and feeling mm-hmm. in a book, or but maybe I would like say
0: more like the tree is dancing because oh. like a tree might be like blowing in the wind, which could appear like dancing. Okay. So I try to pick things like I say if I'm using it as an example, I'll do the tree is dancing, the sun is smiling, like the sun is not actually smiling, right. but it's quite warm. Yeah. Um, the sky cried. And it's not really crying, but it's raining. It's raining. Um, I like, that. like that. Things like that. Trying to, like, m- pick something realistic, but then giving it a human quality. And
1: that's, I think, again, like, connecting <laughs> the two right. ideas, which is what we talked about for minute. Right. Metaphors. Trying to make it,
0: like, the least abstract as you can when it is abstract.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because you can kind of see how you put, like, the sky is crying with raining, right? Because mm-hmm. when you cry water falls down just like tears
0: just like the rain right and i also like to use um emotions and compare them to weather and i use it mostly with similes which we'll get to when we get to that but um if you you could say like the earth was sad today and like maybe if i said oh the earth was sad today what do you think the weather was like what yeah. do you think sad weather is like? And then they would maybe say crying or or raining, things
1: like that. I was thinking like a tornado or something.
0: I would think that's angry weather. True. That's like raging weather. Like I'm outraged, I'm furious, I'm livid, <laughs> stuff like that. But
1: I yeah, do. I don't think that's so sad. I'm just throwing things out there. Okay. Just seeing what you're going to do because I know you like these things. I do. I love, she loves figurative I love all figurative language. Yes.
0: Do you think it's because you like comedy? Perhaps, you know. Uh, the appreciation of humor, it involves very many cognitive components, such as, like, recognizing incongruity in a situation, identifying similar sound sequences, understanding words have multiple meanings, so that can apply to puns, um, <laughs> the use of metaphors and similes, like, your mama is so fat, Fats. she's is <laughs> <I don't laughs> <know. We> <laughs> big as a was. house,
1: yeah right uh, which is not a funny joke, but right. just common. I mean, I did enjoy the Yo Mama jokes in the 90s. I mean, who didn't? Like, I, I'm going to keep it real.
0: I don't think anyone ever said any of what? them to me, and I did I had didn't a whole book any. of
1: them. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, and I had the part two. Really? Yes. Part one and part two? I did. I, you had the sequel to I the did. Yo, Yo Mama jokes. Yeah, that's right. I did. Oh. And if I find those, I'm keeping on to those. All
0: right. I have oh. a couple
1: joke books. I okay.
0: Like, I like jokes. My, um, why did the, um rap star carry an umbrella. Cause... Faux drizzle.
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) See, you say faux and I really think of the Vietnamese soup. It's pho. Are you sure? Yes. I'm okay. positive. I feel like I'm going to trust your opinion Yeah. Now. Anyway, I had uh, Vietnamese ice cream over the weekend, too. Oh, is that good? It was delicious. Oh, is that was the shaved ice cream that yes. you put on? Yep. Mike Follow was looking Instagram. at our story,
0: and he's like, why is Maria eating all this trendy food all the time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, why is Mike hating on my life? He is a hater. Such a hater. Hater's going hate, hate, to hate, hate, hate. Speaking of hating, <laughs> I'm kidding, this doesn't really <laughs> relate to hating. Number three, I like this word, onomat- onomatopoeia. 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 Onom- I That's what I thought it was. Yeah, onomatopoeia. That's p-a. what I thought it was. I doubted myself. That's when words sound like the noise they make. Right, like crash.
0: Yeah, and buzz. <laughs> and <laughs> moo.
1: And Ring. Yeah. Yeah, all the different sound effects. These are fun for um, if you want to make comics. I was thinking like superheroes, yeah, right? Yeah, or he, Zap. And yeah. wordless picture books. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like they drop something. Let's start with like swish or something. Right,
0: yeah. I like to use onomatopoeia for uh, early language u- users.
1: Yes, like the car room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I work on that, too, especially with um, early language learners, like yeah. just to get them to like phonate and vocalize sort of
0: noise. Because a lot of these just are just sustained phonation
1: passes us. Right. Yes. So noisy sustained. here. <laughs> it's Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of offended, though, going back to my can hey, on my trendy food. Ah,
0: well, Arr. take it up with him.
1: Arg. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'll get past that. So alliteration, which I think is Deb's favorite. No, if you had to pick a favorite, it's not. I like
0: alliteration, but I like to teach it at at the the same time
1: as rhyme.
0: Because alliteration is when you're having the same repeating initial sound. And then rhyme is when you're having the same repeating final sound. Um, Like Dawn goes down today. D, D, D. Nothing Gold can stay. Or her hardest hue to hold. H, 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 H. Nice. Yeah, so... Lots of times it's good to work on alliteration before working on rhyme, I think, because sometimes when you tell kids like, oh, it's in the, the end, like think about the sound that's at the end, think about this word that's at the end, they always go to the beginning, no matter how many times you say the end. So that's why I'm like, let's just do the beginning and then we'll do the end. Because
1: it's the first sound you hear. Yeah. So
0: And it's, it's hard for them to like conceptualize it, I think. But if we like start off by identifying those initial sounds, then it's much easier than to identify those final sounds. Right. So then I might have a worksheet that has like most of the letters of the alphabet, but I'm not doing all of them because that is annoying and hard. Like you're not going to think of a sentence that has all X's in it or all U's in it. Zingy
1: zang zester in the zest. Half the time the I zest. don't even know what an
0: X says. I
1: want to say it's a K-S phonetically. Sometimes, (laughs)
0: but like xylophone. Right. You know, it's just too confusing.
1: Get rid of it. It doesn't need
0: to be there. So just do (laughs) like a work shame plus like that's too many letters. Just pick 10.
1: I like the H because it's just like a yeah it's know? like you can
0: work on an easy onset right. while you're doing that too
1: it's a good idea
0: yeah just i'm all about
1: mixed groups all about the mixed groups yeah. i see it i was thinking of also b for like bilabial sounds oh look at that oh that'd
0: be good yeah so that for you're like just repeating it
1: fluency and stuff mm-hmm. all right so we are at our halfway point so hold on for a brief commercial break This episode is brought
0: to you by ThroatScope, the best tool an SLP could have. ThroatScope
1: is an illuminated tongue depressor and retraction tool. It's great for those very necessary oral mechanism exams. ThroatScope integrates a natural light source to provide complete intraoral illumination for improved patient examination and outcomes.
0: It includes a reusable light handle that slides into a single-use
1: tongue depressor. So if you want to feel like a prepared SLP, you're gonna want to have your Throat Scope handy. Available on www.throatscope.com.
0: And we're back. Um, we want to let you know that we are so excited about our show, the live recording of SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast on Friday, May 31st at the Creek
1: in the Cave in Long Island City. Show starts at 8, but the doors are going to open at 7.30, and you could purchase your tickets online beforehand. Mm-hmm. It'll be a really fun
0: night, and there'll be an after party to be determined after.
1: Yeah, let's just get through the <laughs> we're show. We're just getting through the show first. We want to live in the moment as we always do. Yes. And enjoy the wine enjoy the company exactly. and we're really looking forward to meeting our listeners and also don't feel like oh if i'm not an slp or if i don't any of my slp friends are too busy right just bring a regular friend
0: yeah anyone you know? is going to enjoy it because like we said we're really only going to talk about speech stuff for the first 15 minutes and then the comedians are going to come up and they're going to do their comedy sets that they have done a bunch of times already that's have nothing to do with speech. So right. it will be very entertaining for your friends who are not involved in speech pathology.
1: But really, speech is everywhere, right? It sure because is. Because of the metalinguistics.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. So the whole point of really working on figurative language here is getting your client to not only use language and uh, and hopefully by the time you're working on figurative language, they've already been using language to label and request. They can decode words. They're reading fluently and they can answer a variety of concrete wh text-based questions Absolutely. and now once yes. we get there we can't stop we can't be like did it finished no we have to <sighs> teach them to think about language and to think about underlining meanings and what more that could mean or what the author is really trying to say based on the information that they left out right. or the the
1: words that they chose to use right to describe to describe something yeah. i feel like we need a cheers to that you cheers. know with our grenache grapes here <laughs> Not Calata, you. Mm-mm. That is an area of Spain. Well, still, we had something right that wasn't wrong. Good point. Yeah. You know, just messed up my who and where and what questions. Right, exactly. Which is literal yeah Yes, exactly. Sense.
0: You just didn't understand the concept of the wine. That's why you, uh, it appeared that you did not understand question form. Yes, it did but appear you, that you way. you obviously were just not knowledgeable about the product.
1: Right. But now all. I am. Now you got it. I got it. Way so better. what's next on our uh, figurative language list? So I think it's your favorite. Similes? Similes? I guess they're really
0: all my favorite. Oh, but okay. I, I have if to, you say had to pick one. If I had to pick one of it, um, would probably be... I like personification, I feel like. Um, Because that's like what Disney does, too. Like, you know, they personify animals like the Lion Kings are very humanized and the tree and stuff like that. Um, So I feel like that's like one of the first to work on because it's most it's like what kids do automatically with their imagination. Right. Kind of like humanize animals Mm -hmm. and um, weather and things like that. But I also um, I like similes a lot. And that's what we're on. Good. So simile is when we're going to compare two unalike things using the word like or as. So it's the same thing as a metaphor, just with the words like or as. So first I would teach similes. Then I would teach metaphors. And then I would mix them up on a page and have them identify whether it was a simile or a metaphor. And then I'd be like, turn this metaphor into a simile. Wow, that sounds intense. Well, if I said to you, Maria is a delicate flower, that's a metaphor. And then if I told you turn it into a simile, you'd have to say Maria is delicate like a flower, or Maria is as delicate as a a flower. flower. Gotcha. even if you're working on articulation and figurative language, you have L and you have um, as like Z, which, you know, I work on Z and S together.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah, just the voicing is different. I like that idea, and I feel like um, obviously you're working on metalinguistics, but you could very easily pair this while working on Let's say something related to speech, like disfluency, like cluttering, which we haven't really talked about. But, you know, yeah, you we could haven't have, talked to much about But you could definitely that. talk about that. And um, also, like, articulation, you know, or voice if you want to get crazy, you know. So there are other aspects that you can connect. So this is not just, like, only you could work on this. You know, you well, incorporate I, this. Well, I don't
0: know what is a speech activity that only works on one goal, which I think is interesting because i get lots of emails and dms about like well what about mixed groups i'm like isn't every group a mixed group and and what speech activity even if it's articulation you're still exposing them to more um vocabulary yeah of course because like there's only so many
1: words that start with s or have s in. right like uh, one of your worksheets like z was zest and uh one of one of the you had zest on there and one of the students didn't know it So uh, it's like, well, you know, how would she know this unless she's like cooking something very fancy? Right. And cooking some zest, some lemon zest. But it's like, all right, here's a new vocab word. You learn that. I like to teach silhouette
0: when I'm working on S and L and T. That's Um, a fancy one. Yeah, I have in my coloring book, too. I have a picture of a silhouette. I think, yes. Yes, you do the the girl girl carrying the balloon, Which is some German artist picture that I just drew which I probably could get sued for but I don't think so if I mean anyone I would sued me not. I feel honored because I'd be like wow I replicated that so well that right yeah well I mean I kind of hope you don't get sued so yeah well I mean to get sued would be an awfully big adventure okay <laughs> that's um, what Peter Pan says like about I'm death
1: he says to die would be an awfully big adventure interesting this is taking a rapid <laughs> turn so I feel like should we go into idioms Idioms. I, idioms. Idioms are very difficult, and especially I think idioms are really dumb. And okay. I think they're my least favorite. They are. They are <laughs> fun. They can be fun to work on if you uh-huh. work on the easier ones first, right? And really, you have to teach them, and they're very difficult for kids on the spectrum. And I like to start with like raining cats and dogs because that is like right. the easiest. And quote, that is unquote,
0: something that people might say.
1: Exactly. And also, I think it's cultural, too, because not for nothing, I haven't heard of some of those idioms. No. And I'm like, what? Who I even says these? I don't know. The <laughs> straw that broke the camel's back. I learned that like two years ago.
0: Oh. I'm like, what? That's a thing. Michael what? Che has a joke about like, screwed the pooch. I don't know. Is that He's what? like, yeah, it means screwed the pooch means like you got something wrong. And his joke is something like, I'm going to mess it up. But he's just like, uh, like he was working and then somebody got all the the writers at SNL Starbucks and they got him the wrong order. And he's like, ah, oh, I guess I screwed the pooch. And he's like, you slept with a dog. Like, <laughs> that's what you just said you did. So like, where did that come from originally? Like did someone make a mistake and equate it to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> having like an inappropriate interaction <gasps> with a dog? Like, cause the, the diff there's a very different. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> experience there. Um, but yes yeah, I the think pooch.
1: some of them do have like a history like I don't yeah like me don't throw the
0: baby out with the bath water or something because like that's when people used to wash babies <laughs> in right. buckets but like again we're sh- we're like dating ourselves here and this is not uh, something that's like commonly used so yes true so, I mean, I'm not saying don't work on idioms. I'm just saying I don't work on idioms. Not to mention that anybody that I even say idiom to will be like, would you just call me? Right. And I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Now we're joking around about the name of this activity.
1: (laughs) It's another five minutes I don't have. Exactly. I'm like, ha ha, it's very funny. (laughs) Idioms. I think when you... excuse me when you see the idioms let's say in a story or they come up incidentally i think it's good to teach like the context clues i yeah. feel like you might get more out of yeah. that than like actually breaking down the idiom because it could be anything like right. I, you know my so point is hard. do we
0: need a super duper book of idioms maybe i don't think so i
1: don't know no, but i, I just so. said i maybe. think there's like
0: four that people use all the time it's raining cats
1: and dogs Thanks don't cry um, over spilled milk I was gonna yeah, say Yeah, that that's one. a good
0: one don't cry over spilled milk is that milk? cause in
1: like the depression milk so expensive that's the one I was thinking Where I was. but saying, I don't think quote you would on.
0: cry over that though
1: right cause that leaves a mess yeah
0: I would totally cry over see none of these yeah. make sense like if somebody told me not to cry over spilled milk I'd be like well why not now like, I have no milk left and right. my floor's a
1: mess yeah and we're gonna just oh I like in a pickle. pickle right cause you like and pickles
0: yeah but then <laughs> you can teach conundrum which is just a big silly word which means the same thing okay like a tricky situation Situation. with two choices or a
1: sticky situation Uh uh-huh gotcha insult to
0: injury okay i like that one and then then balls in your court maybe i like
1: that one beat around the bush You use that one when you're dating best thing since (laughs) sliced bread That's good.
0: Bite off more than you can chew. Okay, there's more than I thought. But I really just don't see the point in working on these so much. But I I mean, I'm not saying don't. Like, you could do it for a day.
3: (laughs) For a day. Like, one session. Yeah.
1: It depends, you know. If it's really, like, impairing them, like, they're trying to use idioms to, uh, like, engage with their peers and, like, no one's getting what they're saying. Yeah, but then teach them sarcasm
0: or metaphors or similes. Not, like... That's not off. idioms that just old white people use that nobody else does like that's really what it is like nobody well, uses this i'm
1: gonna burn the midnight oil <laughs> all
0: right. Yeah. i don't like, even know what accent that
1: was <laughs> can't I just...
0: judge a book by its cover <gasps> okay you can do that
1: um but yeah all right cross that bridge when we get to it yeah let's cross that bridge when we get to it how about a hyperbole hyperbole yeah mike's favorite right yes
0: he likes, likes to likes be to hyperbolic
1: it. Um, Uh that's an exaggeration
0: that's like me saying oh my god it took a thousand years to get across the street yeah oh my goodness Um, (laughs) which is just a really fun thing to do in speech once again I think way more useful than idioms to over exaggerate Okay. just be like ah it took like all of the muscles in my body to finish writing that paper like no it didn't I'm being silly right I'm not saying what I really mean. Yeah, I'm um, just saying it extra.
1: You're being extra, I get Yeah, it. just being extra. And I think that's what makes uh comedy certain things like very funny, you know, when they like over exaggerate something and I think that's what makes certain comedians funny. Yeah.
0: I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. To be hyperbolic is um, yeah, to exaggerate, exaggerate. really is Probably Listen. like one of the keys to comedy. We'll have to
1: ask the comedian when he arrives. I'm sure he'll enter the room shortly. Yes. And then we have the opposite, which is an understatement. Yes. Which are also I think very funny. Yes, I love understatements. understatements I think that's like, like one good. of my favorite views of comedy. That's um, what I was gonna say.
0: Um Gary Veter has a joke where he's talking about he's like and he's very monotone when he speaks. He speaks like this mm-hmm. a lot. And he's like, I recently joined a gym and it's open until midnight and i said if anyone sees me at the gym at midnight then i need help because i have been stuck under a weight (laughs) for a very long time (laughs) i think
1: i've heard (laughs) that one
0: he was on uh, america's got talent or okay or or um next comic stand last comic standing i can't remember one of those okay but yeah he's he's funny so like uh what else? I can't think of another understatement joke right now. I didn't prepare enough for this episode. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but understatement. Understatements are funny. That's like that's like when people are oh, you know what the best understatement is when they're like oh, this guy didn't call me back, so maybe he got hit by a bus. Right. Right. Because you're just like, <laughs> that's a very that's a very harsh thing to wish for someone, but at least uh, they didn't ghost you. <laughs> they just became a ghost.
1: right (laughs) 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 yes
0: yeah i agree with all of everything you've said there um yes
1: do you want to talk about imagery or did you feel like you wanted more about understatements because i feel like understatements are sometimes difficult to understand and not always funny so i feel like it kind of also depends on like certain people's preference you know like oh i didn't think that was that funny so Mm -hmm. it might be hard to quote unquote teach it for like comedic reasons
0: right but i like, would definitely no. i have not thought this out enough for this episode but i, I would like think this about is an it. understatement
1: i feel like you know no what i would
0: i i would think of something way better than this on how to like i'll think about it in part two or part three of this episode but um a way to actually make this funny and like usable um i'll come back to that so remember that audience gotcha yeah, yeah.
1: But it doesn't always have to be funny. It could just be the terms of the language. No, but you know?
0: humor is like the number one positive reinforcement. That's true. So it, it's Laughing. going to increase the likelihood that, that the behavior will reoccur and that it'll be more engaging. Because lots of theories of right. humor are about like leadership and manipulation, kind really? of. Really? Yeah. yeah. What is that? Because you're able to like captivate and control and elicit an involuntary response in a listener. So it's like... Lots of u- leaders utilize humor in order to like maintain control over their subordinates. And um, oh really. That's yeah, interesting. things like that. So like utilizing, not everything has to be funny, but uh, when it is, it's way more memorable and it has like a visceral response in the listener, which is like going to increase comprehension because like if you laughed, then you experienced it more personally, probably. Gotcha. Right. I, right.
1: Yes, because you can relate. On right. That yeah. It didn't go over your head. Yeah. You got it. I and feel like understatement is also like kind of being like sarcastic. Like if it rained a lot and it's like, oh, just a little drizzle, and it's like downpouring, you know. So I think it's also depending on like certain situations, but um, definitely worth teaching. I think, even incidentally.
0: Yeah, so. I like I like understatements. They're fun, and. The sarcasm. We didn't get sarcasm and irony on this list. But it wasn't
1: really on the list I was researching, but maybe oh. that's why I was thinking in terms of like an understatement. It mm-hmm, Would be. be like a sarcastic remark. Right. So that's what I was thinking. But we could add it number, t- <laughs> number <laughs> 12. 12. It. Number 12. Or 11B. Or 8B, excuse me. 8B would be sarcasm if you want to. Mm-hmm. Underneath sarc- uh, understatement, you would put sarcasm. Sarcasm, but also um, the other aspect, satire, where it's, like, the total opposite of the truth of what the person is saying. No, that's irony. Irony? What's satire? Oh, satire is when you're, like, saying it like a joke, but you're actually serious. No. I feel like I'm confusing myself now.
0: Satire is when... um, you're talking about something that relates to social issues. So oh, if you're okay, making yes. like a political sort of commentary and a joke about that. That's like satirical humor, like the onion. Yes. Yes. Got it. Um, but, um, s- sarcasm and irony are very similar, but irony, I think the difference between sarcasm, sarcasm and irony is that like irony is the umbrella term and sarcasm comes underneath it. So irony means like the exact opposite of what you mean. And that's kind of what sarcasm is. But sarcasm is generally utilized in order to um, demean somebody. It's like a little bit of an insult. Like, it's like, oh. Um, that was a funny joke. That, that was a funny joke, yeah. So, like, I'm saying that the opposite. Right. Or,
1: like, that's a cute skirt. Like, in right. me, that's not. Um, exactly. Which is not nice.
0: No, that's not nice.
1: All right. So, let's go on to imagery. Which I feel like is very nice because there's different parts of imagery and it can get from like simple to more complex. I think imagery is nice to work on when you're having a student write their own story. So it would help to like add details. So like, I don't know if they're like writing a story about something. So like it was raining outside. I'm just going to stick with the weather example. Like, but how was it raining? Let's think about it. And then like you could work from there. And then that I feel like is a good way to work on imagery because it's like using their own imagination too. And not just like, this is the idiom and now we got to memorize it and <laughs> what <Right>. it means <laughs> where the imagery, I feel like they have the person or the client has more control and more of like a say, I guess of how they could paint this picture or this image pun intended. Right. Yes. Okay. Or good. Winning. Winning right now. Uh, so imagery, I think, is a great way to work on it through writing, really. And uh, expanding their already written sentences and make them, making them more complex and using their imagination.
0: So I have um, I have stories. They're called house stories. And they used to be on my website, but I deleted them by mistake and I forgot to put them back up. Okay, well, here but you go. But basically there's like a cloud and then um, it's describing a person in their house and yeah, based on, I have that. Yes. Did you use it yet? I didn't use it yet. It's kind of hard for. Uh, it's got to be for a little bit older kids. Yes, I'm waiting. But um, so I use imagery there so that they can describe the house. Well, they can draw a house based on a written description. So like, there's imagery within that written description, and then also, um, whenever I'm working on imagery, I'll always create a story about like some sort of fairy that lives in a place where there's lots of rainbows and waterfalls and flowers everywhere so that the person who's listening is able to really picture this like wizard of oz type place. Mm.
1: And right, and very imaginative. Right. Which goes with the word image. Yeah, image. There you go. Like you can see the image. Yeah, exactly. And putting a word putting words to their thoughts. Yeah. Which I think is great. And we wanna talk about now cliche. What is a cliche? Uh, it's something that is lacking in original thought, an originality. Right, it's like
0: something that's just been said so many times that, like, you don't even hear the individual words, you just know what that phrase together means, like, in the nick of time, or only time will tell, or a matter of time, or at the speed of light, or last in an eternity. So, a cliche kind of combines a variety of these figurative language components, such as, like, idioms. And um, metaphors. And these are just common phrases
1: that people use all
0: the time. Yeah. They're very similar to idioms.
1: They are. And I guess when you're like, I guess a lot of times you'll see these in in obviously like scripts and like maybe movies. But I'm thinking more in terms of books. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like priming you into like what's happening next or what will happen next. So like in the nick of time, the, you know, Superman made it. So it kind of is, like, giving you that awareness of, like, what's what to anticipate. So, like, looking for these clues are a good way to help with, like, inferencing, I guess, or predictions, really. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you can also, like, teach kids to say these things if you would like to. I feel like cliches are, because they're overused and they lack original thought, they are commonly used as opposed to idioms which right. are like a little bit more silly and a little bit more uh, cultural specific and abstract yeah yeah exactly but at the speed of light is scientific and also something that
1: could be a figure of speech exactly mm-hmm. and it's basing off of pre-existing knowledge too so, yeah you know using at the speed of light is already assuming that they know that that means very fast yes so sometimes you might have to even teach the cliche before you can go into other information attaching itself to the cliche. Exactly. Yeah. And last but not least. We have
0: symbolism. Right. Um, and I feel like symbolism can be taught in so many different ways. But I, um, I feel like the most time I ever spent on symbol symbolism was when I was working in high school and we were working on Macbeth because there's just so many symbols throughout uh, the story and motifs. So motifs are just reoccurring symbols. So it's just like when that symbol comes up multiple times throughout the story. So throughout, um, throughout Macbeth, there's the symbol of blood, which like demonstrates guilt. He's got blood on his hands. He's trying to wash them off, but it's just a hallucination. He also like hallucinates seeing a dagger throughout the entire story. And that's a symbol of the impending death that's coming. And, um, Things along the lines of that. Shakespeare likes to use weather as a symbol to correspond with the mood or foreshadow the scene. So it starts off with the three witches and it's dark and it's a stormy night. And that's when they have the prophecy that um, Macbeth is going to um, kill someone. He's going to kill Banquo. Well, they don't have. I don't. That's not his prophecy. His prophecy is that Banquo is going to become the king. So Macbeth has to kill him. And then he gets haunted by that death through the symbols. So I like, I have this book from Usborn and it's the complete Shakespeare um, works. And it's great for breaking down each story on a more tangible level to yeah. work on these very figurative components of stories that our students do get exposed to in the higher levels of their education. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And it's hard for them to connect to text, relate to text, but if right. you do break it down like that, you can it's more feasible, I guess. Yeah, you could say. I think so. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. I think that's a great book, especially mm-hmm. for high school students.
0: Yeah, I think it's super helpful. And um welcome, now, w- welcoming. We're our gonna comedian. welcome our
1: guest, yeah. He is gonna be there on May thirty first. And uh, we're going to get to know him a little bit better and his opinion on figurative language.
0: Welcome to the after show. All right, here he is. Say hi. Hello. So what do you think about figurative language in writing? Do you like to use? Figurative language, or are you more of a concrete type of guy? What is
2: figurative language?
0: So, like using non literal language, so not saying exactly what you mean, using like. Uh, that's so. What would that be an example of? I yeah, I, Mike
1: is being quizzed, not myself.
0: Well, I'm gonna give him the word, and then I think I'm not quizzing him. I just want him to give examples. Sorry. Okay. I feel like that was a little bit hostile. Okay.
2: But figurative language is is what?
0: So figurative language is like when you're saying something with an underlining meaning. So Mm -hmm. you're utilizing like specific diction. So instead of saying that I was mad, you might say she was furious. Like to demonstrate that this person is way more furious. Or Mm -hmm. to say that I was like not to say, oh, she was so quick, but she got there in the nick of time. Mm -hmm. You know, like utilizing some sort of cliche or phrase.
1: Would furious count as like a uh, figurative language or just like a more complex vocabulary word? I'm thinking like I steam blowing out of my ears like that.
0: I right. So that's that would be imagery, right, to convey my emotion. But diction is word choice, and that's when okay. you're specific Okay. specifically using a word c- to demonstrate that meaning. So like not only was she mad, but she was furious, like, you know, to make it seem like you're heightening the... Um, stakes right so lots of comedy i think involves figurative language and maybe more so than you realize so the first is a metaphor do you know what a metaphor is yes what's a metaphor
2: well unlike a simile
0: (laughs) i didn't mean to that was not my intention that's not how i wanted this to go
2: well unlike a simile which is a comparison using like or as a metaphor is like calling someone something something
1: right so let's let's hear them
2: so, like, he was uh he was a, he was a, uh, I don't even know, what ex- my brain's kind of fried today, but uh, <laughs> he was uh he was uh, a whiz. He was a whiz kid. Okay, He was yeah. a wizard.
0: Okay, he was a wizard. So instead, but if you wanted to turn that He in, was a
2: wizard on the keyboard or something. Or there he you was go. A, yeah.
0: So if you wanted to make that a simile, you can be like, he was like a wizard, or he was as yeah. quick as a wizard yeah. on the keyboard. Great. Yes.
2: He was a silver fox.
0: <laughs> right. Next is personification.
2: Mm-hmm. Personification is when you make uh, like an inanimate object, you give it human tendencies? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: what example do you have for... I feel like do we want um, to get
1: like a cheat sheet or...
0: No, he's no. fine. Oh my, I, feel All
2: right. I don't know. Personification is like... I don't know, like, if you were describing, like, a clock that was moving slowly or quickly. Oh, okay. I don't know. Like, H- you could say, you
0: like, the clock was, like, I not can't moving. think of a
2: specific example of personification. I though.
0: like to say, so, like, in Disney, lots of the animals and creatures are personified because they're, like, given human qualities, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, But also, like, I say something. I already mentioned this earlier. Like, the sky the cried. Stick. Yeah. But the sky isn't crying. The sky is raining. Right. Right. Right.
2: Can it's you? God crying.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Because of all the sin.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about onomatopoeia?
2: Onomatopoeia is a word that is to convey a sound. Yes. Look yeah. how
0: smart you are. Even as a baby, it was very smart. That's yeah. what his grandma told me. A lot of good I did.
1: Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> Great. So how would you use that as an example?
2: Uh, I guess in Batman when it's like, pow, zing. Say. Yeah.
1: Superheroes. See?
2: Thud.
0: Yeah, you and everyone else, Marie. <laughs> That's like what when, when everyone uses that. <laughs> next. That's what I meant. Next is um I you covered the list.
1: Oh my god, were not you now? Just kidding. <laughs> Alliteration.
2: Alliteration is when uh the the letter uh when they have the same first letter.
1: First letter?
2: First, The first letter of the word.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, yes, in layman's
2: terms. The first letter of the word matches.
0: For sound. Because what if it's not the same? What if it's C's and S's? It still works. Okay. Right? Yeah. But I
1: know what you meant. I got your back, Mike. Yeah. Very thanks. good, Michael. Can you give me an example of alliteration?
2: Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. What about a simile?
2: A simile is a comparison using like or as. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, quick as a fox, Sh- sharp as a tack.
0: Good. Yes. I yeah. can't say I've heard of that one. You didn't hear that one? No. Uh, What about idiom? Sharp
2: as a whip. Mm-hmm. Or smart as a whip. That's like, smart as a whip. Which is a weird, yeah.
0: You're kind of making a cliche and a simile together. You're, like, okay. using common phrases. But you can just be like, Mike was as slow as molasses. Right.
2: Slow as molasses. My, my mom used to say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> or. She used to say it. I'm kidding. Just kidding. But I'm bummed.
0: Are you much faster now? Yeah. That's good. Um, I like. I like. But then going back to, like, things of speed, I love in uh, Devil Wears Prada when she's like, please move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, everything. That's, like, sarcasm, metaphor. Yeah. All of the things. Um, next is an idiom. Um,
2: something to do with the opposites?
0: Um, no, it's more like... um. It's raining cats and dogs.
2: It's like an exaggeration. Yeah, it's like
0: yeah. it's a phrase. It's like a saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And
1: every language has their own, so a lot of times it won't translate over. So I was thinking of like ESL kids might not know. Or is the there NL something? Is there something
2: in Greek that? Uh,
1: many that i've been learning in greek too
2: what's an expression in greek that do you, that,
1: you want me to say it in greek yes yeah, oh like and that just means like everything came perfect but it literally translates to translates to everything came box everything came like i guess oh, like, okay kind of that makes sense yeah it
2: makes sense because in italian because like in in english you say i can't wait Oh, okay. Like you know, I ca- I, oh, I can't wait for this. But then in Italian, I can't wait is uh, non vedo l'ora, which translates to I don't see the hour. Oh, okay. Which is kind yeah, of so strange.
1: They're similar,
0: but you could still see it. Like I don't see the hour when that's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. Um, and then how about
1: hyperbole?
2: Hyperbole is an exaggeration.
1: Your favorite, right?
2: Yeah. I'm the king of hyperbole. All
1: right. (laughs) Like you said, this house was too loud and you couldn't think. Mm -hmm. Got it.
2: This house is too chaotic. Right. But I
1: think it's like your Instagram stories on
0: a thousand volume, which is what's making it hard to Hmm. think.
2: (laughs) Maybe.
1: (laughs) But um, speaking of Instagram stories, I have a bone to pick. Look at that. Mike, apparently I'm eating too much fancy cuisine. I thought you'd be happy for me. What do you mean? (laughs) when she was eating all the trendy food
0: when when she was getting shaved ice cream
2: oh yeah why n- so nothing sacred between <laughs> us <laughs> <laughs> well no maria is just like kind of maria is just like a little basic like she'll go to but i she go, probably it. goes to she goes to Italy and then she goes to like you know uh
1: they have Nutella there. Dave and Buster's.
2: Oh no, come on! And then she uh, her
0: favorite pizza is artichoke.
2: Yeah, is yeah, she artichoke. loves artichoke. Yeah, you're ba- you're basic as hell. You're the maybe the most basic person I know.
1: That's fine by me because artichoke is delicious. And she so buys she buys art
2: from Target.
1: I don't. I don't even really like Target that much.
0: Buys what from Target?
2: Art. Oh. Yeah.
1: No, she doesn't. She paints her own
0: art.
2: She has a. It says it's wine o'clock in her kitchen. <laughs>
1: in the podcast recording room.
2: Yeah.
0: Eight wine o'clock could be good in here. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I'm just, you know, taking from someone who wears do you have, do you have live laughs track suits
2: so. Do you have live laugh love no. on your uh in your <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs>
0: Next is understatement.
2: Understatement is like what like like not stressing the point enough. I guess.
1: Right. Basic, yeah.
0: <laughs> like you're not. Maria's
2: <laughs> basic is an understatement. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I'll take it. I
0: don't care. Right, but yeah. I think it's it's funny when comedians use understatements in their jokes, like when they like talk about something severe but they downplay it.
2: Mm-hmm. Maria has a loyalty card at the Cheesecake Factory. That's when she. That's where she goes to celebrate.
1: You know what I used to yeah. uh, but I'm again proud of very proud of all my stuff. Yeah. Those mac and cheese balls. Uh-huh. I have yet to find a place with
2: those mac and cheese. Mac balls. like that's like yeah, that's the stuff that works on her. Like this is like <laughs> this is why Trump's going to win because people are so impressed. People are so impressed with the most basic stuff. Have like You ever made mac and oh cheese? Oh my god, balls? they put No, and I have no they're, desire they're to very Difficult. Mac and cheese is a ba- is a very basic food. But it's
1: delicious.
2: Yeah, but everybody but people think that like, oh, mac and cheese, it's just you just ate it when you were a kid. And that's why. And then and oh, they made it into balls like like right. like if you're no, but if you're impressed by that, <laughs> I'm sorry but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm impressed when I eat it, yes. I feel like a lot of hard work and cheesy goodness went into this and I'm going to enjoy
2: Maria it. Maria was like, boneless buffalo? So they removed the bone? Like She was like, how do they do it?
1: <laughs> it's really perplexing.
2: Yeah. She's like, how do buffalo fly with these little wings?
0: <laughs> Mike learned yeah. how to debone a buffalo wing without biting yeah. it. He could pull the bones out, and then he hands it to me boneless. I make him debone my chicken before I eat it because I don't have time for that. Yeah,
2: I live a very dignified life.
0: <laughs>
2: but isn't that funny? It's like it's like mac and cheese. Like fine, but but it's like Maria thinks it's she's impressed that they made it into a ball. <laughs> I'm impressed
1: by the taste.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: do like ball shaped food though. I like all ball. I like meatballs. I like yeah. cheese balls. Rice I like balls. rice balls. Yeah. all
1: so that we ate. Yeah. It's
0: in the shape of a ball.
1: Mm-hmm. Doesn't hurt my stomach at all. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if a food is to be in a shape, I would suggest a ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's easier, and you don't really need a knife. You could
0: just pop it right in. Cake pops are good. Cake pops.
2: Yeah. See, you li- that's something you like too. Where it's like <laughs> just it's just a tiny little alteration on a food, you're like impressed.
1: They again are also very difficult to make. Have
2: mm-hmm. you ever made
1: any? Oh
0: wait! I'm about to make Mike f- mad.
2: Maria's like, you "Oh my what, God, Marie? meatball balls! So they just make, they make them slightly smaller." No, they make no. Maria would be impressed if they took meatballs and made them like dipping dots, like they were a bunch of little <laughs> tiny little meatballs together. And you eat them like they're dipping dots, which is basically just a bolognese sauce. But yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right?
0: Maria had a, a sushi burrito the other day. That was so long ago, but I did,
1: and that was impressive. And it
2: was. Good. Why was that impressive, though? <laughs> that's not impressive. That's really not. You just, you. Mike you just, is always like, "You're not going to reinvent food. You're just combined. Like, everyone right? Everyone thought arrogant. of everything already. Well, no, not everyone thought of everything, but ar- it's ar- it's arrogant to think that you're going to like reinvent some like new dish. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, maybe.
3: Jennifer's
2: I think food is the food. process of. No, but I think food is the process of people like collectively building stuff and building. All, you you're not going to be like in your kitchen one day and and you're going to discover like you know pudding rings or something, <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be like the new like it, that's just not how it, it works.
0: Oh, Do you've never invented a food? Hmm? You've never invented a food?
2: No, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I could.
0: Oh, uh, but what about breakfast pizza?
2: That was not my invention. Isn't I that just pizza I pizza in the morning? Made it. Yeah, no, it's not Maria. It's okay. not. It's not. It's that. It's not. Pizza
0: in the morning. Pizza. In the I'm
2: gonna get some more coffee.
0: No, well, we're gonna be done. We gotta. Right. Get the, we gotta be finished here. Um. Okay. Can, for we'll wrap up with this. Can you explain the difference between irony, sarcasm, and satire?
2: Maria's like, are these Caesar salad cubes? <laughs> oh my God. That's really. I don't know how you did this. <laughs> was this magic? Is Harry Potter she working in the kitchen? very encouraging. Yeah.
0: She does. She. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you gave her something, she'd be like, "Wow."
2: Yeah, yeah. I enjoy
0: yeah. eating. I mean, yeah, who yeah, doesn't? Yeah. And if you don't. Well, I it's
2: can't nice. Trust you. Well, when you when you cook, it's nice to have someone who's like easily impressed. Yes, you know, you're then, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Because then you're you're free to like explore and you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Going back to figurative language. Uh huh. Um, reeling it in now. Yeah. That's a cliche, right? Yeah. Um, do you know the difference between irony, sarcasm, and satire? I feel like this is a tricky thing that I tried yes. to explain, but I don't know if I was. Correct.
2: I feel like I learned all this in like ninth grade though. So I'm, I'm going back to, but. You
0: have a very good memory.
2: Yeah. So irony is like, okay. So irony is the opposite of. Mm hmm. You're doing the opposite.
0: Right. It's like the exact opposite, which I feel like irony is just the umbrella term. And then. Yeah. 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 Sarcasm is irony.
2: And then I guess sarcasm is like a comment made by someone who knows they're being like sarcasm is more like commentary. Right.
0: I think so. I think. I think irony could be like no matter what you're saying, as long as you're saying the exact opposite of what you mean, that's yeah. ironic. But yeah, then yeah. if you're saying something to be insulting, like, mm-hmm. wow, you were like so fast, but you mean like they're being slow?
2: Yeah, that's you, sarcasm. That's
0: sarcasm because I'm you're
2: fluent t- in sarcasm. That's what my dating <laughs> Is that profile dating? That's what my dating profile says. <laughs> yeah. Fluent in sarcasm.
1: <laughs>
2: did you did you meet a lot of guys who said that when you were single?
1: I don't remember.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't She's not single anymore. She forgot. Those right. days are behind her.
2: Right.
1: I don't know anymore, Mike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then what about satire?
2: Satire is like when you embody what you're making fun of. So, like, satire is like if I – satire is like when you're
0: – I thought it's like when you're commenting on The Times.
2: Yeah, but satire is like specifically becoming what you're like making fun of. So satire is like if I wanted to like make fun of like wealth videos on Instagram, I like dressed up like a guy and had a Lamborghini and I was like
0: Right. And know, then also it's like, wealth it's like videos are
2: Satire's like embody it's embodying <clears throat> Whatever you're making fun of, whereas sarcasm is like, yeah, get a load Sarcasm is more like a commentary thing. Uh
0: huh. Okay.
2: And then satire is like. It's like that. Hello, video I'm you Australian. Made
0: me watch of that guy at the porn convention.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess that's satire. <laughs> satire, like, South Park is satire. No
0: idea what's happening right now. No. Oh, yeah, South Park is satire.
2: Or, like, political satire is like, you know, if, like,. If you were gonna make a show that's like about, you know, if you wanted to make fun of Donald Trump and you like had SNL, yeah. Say
0: that, yeah, like sketch comedy embodying the character, yeah, got or it.
2: there's yeah, or there's like you make a sitcom that's like Trump is a character in mm-hmm. in this in the show.
1: Got it. Like, like Veep, the show Veep. Yeah,
2: I guess that's Veep? like satire. Yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. Okay. So got it. All right. Well, that's the our whole figurative language part one episode. Oh, yeah. I was going to skip that because I felt like we've been on here long enough.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But, yeah. So, Mike is going to be doing some live stand-up comedy at our live event on Friday, May 31st. At yes. the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City. And
2: I've been instructed to not make certain jokes. Yeah.
0: He's got a list of things he's not allowed to talk about. Why? Because they're not for the speech comedy show. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got b- it, honey. A bunch of phrases he's not allowed to use. Yeah. That's
2: teams. fine. Yeah. I said that's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So do you have an in- inspirational quote for us to leave on?
2: Um. Yeah. I forg- Oh, I
0: okay. So when before that, our tip or trick can be to tell a joke in speech. Do you know a joke that you... So, I'll tell a joke, you'll tell a joke, and Mike will tell a joke. Um, So, a joke that you can use in speech that I like is, um, what do you call a fake noodle?
2: An an imposta.
0: An imposta, which is um, a funny joke, and you can teach what an imposter is, and you can also work on S in the medial position of the word
1: imposta. Mm -hmm. And do you have a joke? Yeah. I found one that I like. What did the left eye say to the right eye? What? Between us, something smells.
2: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. okay. Working like on prepositions. It's a hard That's skill. Right.
0: Perfect. And body ID. See, so you don't even need jokes to work on figurative language. You used a joke to work on
1: prepositions. Look at that. Mike, do you want to end this with a quote? No, joking, a joke. Oh, okay.
2: A joke. Um.
1: Try following
0: that, Mike. Can it be... Can uh, it be a friendly joke like we told? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Can it be?
2: Hold on a second. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a funny one-liner maybe or like a street joke.
1: I used to like those. You
2: can tell
0: a dry cleaning joke.
2: What dry cleaning joke?
0: Gilbert Gottfried tells that joke. No. No. Which one's that? When he's like, I went to a bar and I was wearing a shirt and. Uh,
2: oh yeah, that's kind of dirty though.
0: It's not that bad, but okay. Just tell a joke. Comedians hate this when they're like, "You're a comedian, tell me a joke," and they're like, "Well, no one tells you to do your job when you're in an elevator, but you have a microphone."
2: Wife told me she wants to have sex in the back seat of the car and she wants me to drive. <laughs> It's Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) Great, (laughs) classic. That's a
0: good one. All right, what's your inspirational? My wife said
2: she wants a she wants a mirror put over her bed. She said she likes to watch herself laugh. (laughs) Oh, whenever whenever my wife has sex, there's always a reason. The other night, she used me to time an egg.
0: (laughs) All of his jokes are self-deprecating. Yeah,
2: it's really funny because it's like. There's, I don't know what like that the, that material is so funny because it's like so exaggerated that he's like that disrespected so, so hyperbolic it's like, yeah comedy is usually hyperbolic well, it's, it's almost always hyperbolic
1: on May thirty first two thousand nineteen yeah. <laughs> the Greek in the cave Greek in the cave so uh, if you don't mind as our guest of honor can you leave us with an inspirational quote for our listeners um, yeah, that maybe helps you.
2: I wish I had that. I'm gonna play that album later, cause I wish I remembered some of those jokes.
1: Cool. Also, topic maintenance can also be discussed during jokes. Yeah.
2: yeah cool.
0: Maria thinks you've gotten off topic.
2: All right. Well, what, what What do you want? What do you do? want to do? What are to, we doing now? We
0: want you to tell us an inspirational quote to end the show with.
2: Inspirational quote. Uh, you only fail when you stop trying. Oh,
1: we had that one. Just oh. Did you just read that? <laughs> check out our latest. This isn't really an
2: inspirational quote, but Mahatma Gandhi said there's room in the world. There's enough. There's enough in the world for man's need, but not for man's greed.
1: And now a word from our sponsor.
3: Hey, ladies, I'm kind of sort of loving and openly, admittingly fangirling y'all lovely duo of SLP's Wine and Cheese.
1: Yes. And we love listening to your podcast, First Bite.
3: Well, thank you. I'm Michelle Dawson, and I specialize in functional but fun treatment for medically fragile kiddos, especially for those that have feeding and swallowing impairments and who use AAC devices as part of their total communication plan. On my podcast, First Bite, we discuss all topics related to early intervention and pediatric speech therapy. We address those worrisome ethics and clinical supervision concerns, as well as jump into private practice ownership and really get into the nooks and crannies of all the things in between by interviewing guest experts in the field. Then, every fourth episode, we bring it back home to my Palmetto State by having evidence based reviews of case studies or resources with my dear friend and colleague, Aaron Forward, who kind of sort of came up with this whole idea.
1: First Bite is partnered with Speech Therapy PD, offering evidence based content in a podcast. Each episode can count as one hour as see you. Find them on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
3: Absolutely. And thanks for all you do and for spreading joy into the world. Cheers. Cheers.